Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everyone. It is great to be back with you and talking NCAA Division II men's basketball after another week of upsets, incredible individual performances. And if you haven't heard about the 2020 game in the Mountain East Conference, stay tuned. We're going to get there. Good morning. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell, with more than 10 years of NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball coaching experience bringing you exclusive weekly coverage of NCAA Division II men's basketball. Excited today to roll out a new format for the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. And if you're enjoying the Bonafide Basketball Podcast, the news, the content, the insight, and the analysis, be sure to like, subscribe, and download the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. And please, leave a rating, leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Welcome to the Top 25 tip-off of the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. What you need to know from around NCAA Division II men's basketball in the Top 25. The number one team in the country, Colorado School of Mines, was off this week due to COVID protocols. But number two, Northern State reasserted their dominance this week behind brilliant play of preseason All-American Parker Fox, who impacts the game on both ends. Fox is versatile. He is a natural scorer that protects the rim defensively. Saturday, he finished with 25 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and three blocked shots. Northern State won their sixth game in the row behind a phenomenal play from Parker Fox and point guard Mason Stark. Those two really make Northern State go, and the more I watch them, the better they are getting. Number three in the country, Northwest Missouri State bounced back this week with back-to-back wins in the MIAA, led by their dynamic duo of Ryan Hawkins and Trevor Hudgens. These two are so good. Hudgens filled up his stat line on Thursday night against Fort Hayes State, 29 points, eight rebounds, dished out four assists. Hawkins was outstanding on Saturday against Nebraska Kearney, 25 points, and five rebounds. Northwest's breakout performance this week came from Luke Waters, who had 20 points on Saturday against Nebraska Kearney. Speaking of breakout performances, the number four team in the country averaged 115 points. That's right. They averaged 115 points in their two victories this week, shooting 47% from the field, getting 48 assists, on 75 made field goals, West Liberty assisted on 65% of their made baskets this week, led by double-double machine Dalton Bolin and Pat Robinson, who is shooting 53% from behind the arc. The Hilltoppers have five players averaging double figures right now. Luke Dyer is averaging four assists per game off the bench. I love watching West Liberty play. They defeated Fairmont State Wednesday. And we will discuss that game in the Bonafide Basketball Podcast Film Room Series. Number five, Valdosta State will be spending some time in the film room this week after being upset on consecutive days by Lee University in the Gulf South Conference. Lee made Valdosta's aggressive play their advantage. We've talked about how Valdosta gets up into the ball. They take things away uh, in the passing lanes, and they, they really are in attack mode offensively. Lee made Valdosta's aggressive play their advantage on both nights. They shrunk the floor defensively, played with their feet inside the three-point line. They took away driving lanes. They forced Valdosta State to settle and play from the perimeter. Offensively, Lee put their heads down and drove the ball. They drove the pressure. They got Valdosta State into rotations. Quay Kennedy from Lee 
the reigning player of the week in the Gulf South Conference had 26 points Friday, 22 points Saturday. Watching Lee play, I really like Quake Kennedy's game. He's long, he's athletic, he can defend, he rebounds, he drives it both ways, and he shoots it just well enough. Uh, you have to respect him from the perimeter. He's a very exciting player to watch going forward. And two of the most exciting guards to watch both play for West Texas A&M, number six in the country. They both scored 28 points on Thursday night as West Texas A&M defeated UT Permian Basin. They moved to 5-1 and one with a series sweep. And I'm talking about those two exciting guards, preseason All-Americans, Quay Grant and Joel Murray. Saturday, Murray passed NBA legend and West Texas alum Mo Cheeks on the all-time scoring list with 24 points and sharing out five assists. Quay Grant had 16 points and 13 rebounds, his sixth double-double of the season uh, earlier in the week. What makes West Texas A&M so dangerous is their pace and aggression on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they have depth. They have guys who can drive it and score in bunches like Zach Toussaint, who scored 15 points on Saturday on five made threes. UT Permian Basin is also a team to watch. They are 6-5 and five overall, and they're led by Trivion Lamar, who scored 33 points and hauled in 10 rebounds in Saturday's loss. Guard play seems to be a theme this week as number eight, Washburn, behind the stellar play of Tyler Guyman and Tyler Nelson and Jalen Lewis, got two wins and moved to 10-1 and one in the MIAA. Guyman averaged 23.5 points per game this week and dished out 15 assists for a double-double on Thursday night. Jalen Lewis was 5 of 5 from 3 Thursday night. And then Saturday, Tyler Nelson had 16 points and 5 rebounds. Washburn has had terrific guard play all year in the loaded MIAA. Right now, playing without Drew Mayshoff and forward Johnny Clausing, Washburn has adjusted to play smaller. They're playing with more guards. They're giving their opponents a different look this week, and I really like how uh, I really like how they've adjusted to playing without those two. So good stuff from Washburn at number eight. Took the time to get my first live look at number nine, Colorado Mesa, and we they proved what we already know. They have perimeter scoring in Georgie Dancer and Mac Rineker and Christopher Speller. Ethan Menzies is as skilled a forward as there is in the country. He can really pass it. He has great touch inside. And, you know, they play through Menzies. And it's a really good formula because they have guys who can make shots on the perimeter. And they have a big that can pass. What else stands out is Colorado Mesa's ability to defend. They switch everything on the ball. One through five. They help in their gaps. They attack the glass. Their next game... Uh, is against Colorado School in the Mines, a top 10 showdown in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. As we're talking about defense, Georgia Southwestern switched to a 2-3 zone in the second half Saturday against number 10 Augusta State, slowing the Panthers' offensive attack, leading to a 67-66 upset of the number 10 team in the country. Georgia Southwestern got 24 points from Kalen Whitley, and 18 points off the bench from C.J. Hood to defeat Augusta State with terrific guard play. Georgia Southwestern attacked Augusta's big man, Tayshaun Crawford. They caught him in pick and rolls. They caught him in drop coverages. And the guards put their head down. They got downhill. They attacked. They didn't settle against Crawford. Instead, forcing him to move his feet, getting him off balance, and attacking the rim. 
I was really impressed with Georgia Southwestern on Saturday afternoon and their upset of number 10, Augusta State. Georgia Southwestern team to watch in the Peach Belt. They are now 5-1 overall and 3-1 in the league. Tough week for Augusta State. At number 10, they lost Saturday to Georgia Southwestern, and they also took an upset loss on Wednesday to Flagler College in elite guard Jasek Lottie's 30 points. Two tough losses for Augusta State this week. Definitely expect changes throughout the top 25. In the Midwest region of NCAA Division II basketball, number 11, Findlay defeated Tiffin in the GMAC on 68% shooting from the field, knocking down 12 threes in the win. Findlay's forward Nathan Burns had 18 and only missed one shot on Thursday night. Guard Anthony Masterlasco finished with 11 points, 7 rebounds. And forward Brady Wilmuth had 11 points, helping Finley to an 85-57 win and a 7-1 start to the season. Number 12, Truman State, continued to roll this week, getting to 9-1 with wins over Missouri S&T and Maryville, outscoring their opponents over the last nine days by an average of 27 points. Truman is really rolling there, one of the best pick-and-roll teams in the country to watch. They have forwards Dylan Peters, Cade McKnight, who finish on the move. They face up at 15 feet off the pop. Peters had his sixth double-double this weekend with 17 points and 18 rebounds on Saturday. You combine those forwards with uh, point guard Turner Scott. He delivers the ball on target on time. And Elijah Hayescamp and Mason Miller stretch the defense. So you got five guys that can make plays on the floor at a time for Truman State, which we've talked about that. Makes them versatile. Makes them really hard to guard. Team to watch. Elsewhere in the Midwest region, number 21, Fairmont State suffered a setback against number four, West Liberty, in the Bonafide Basketball Podcast Film Room Game of the Week. But number 21, Fairmont State, would bounce back on Saturday with a big win against Wheeling, 95-60. 22 points from Dale Bonner and 10 players registering a bucket for Fairmont State. They used a smothering full-court press to jump out to a quick lead. Fairmont is now 3-1 in the Mountain East Conference. Number 23, Hillsdale moved to 7-1, winning their fourth game in a row this week, defeating Tiffin 66-54. Another super-skilled team out of the Midwest region. Hillsdale shot 48% from the field, got 27 points from forward Patrick Cartier to go with 13 points and 6 assists from Davis Larson as they ran away from Tiffin. Hillsdale had 18 assists on 28 made field goals on Saturday. In the South region, number 13, St. Edwards displayed their growth as a team this week, sweeping their weekend series with Texas A&M International, winning Thursday afternoon 63-58, a lockdown defensive effort holding Texas International to 38% shooting from the field on a night when St. Ed's only made two threes. Then they bounced back on Saturday, they drop 89, they knock down 12 threes, they're led by B.J. Maxwell with 21 points and Jake Krafka with 14 points. St. Ed's this week demonstrating they can win behind the arc and they can win with a lockdown defense and ball control. Elsewhere in the loaded Lone Star Conference, number 20 Dallas Baptist swept Oklahoma Christian behind more outstanding play from freshman sensation Ricky Lujan. 19 points with four made threes on Saturday afternoon. And prior, Friday night, Dallas Baptist got 36 points from Carson Hughes and 32 points from Chandler Jacobs. Those two were a combined 9 for 13 from the behind the arc on Friday night. Impressive numbers as we continue to see guards take center stage this week. 
Rounding out the Lone Star Conference, number 22, Lubbock Christian continues to roll with back-to-back wins against Angelo State this weekend. Lubbock is now 6-0, trending upward and getting strong play from Parker Hicks. 29 points on Saturday, 16 points on Thursday night. Rowan McKenzie and Lloyd Daniels also playing well for the number 22 team in the country. Both hit double figures this week in Lubbock's sweep against Angelo State. Number 15, Queens University of Charlotte out of the South Atlantic Conference made a midweek adjustment traveling to Carson Newman to play Newman on the road, and they escaped the upset bid at the buzzer, winning 63-62 on Saturday. More the same for Queens, running away from Virginia Wise, 91-67 Saturday afternoon, getting a double-double from Quan McLoney, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Guards Kenny Dye and Kylan Penny have both been so good in recent weeks. Look for Queens to climb the rankings come Tuesday afternoon especially depending on how they handle Lenore Ryan later today in a premier South Atlantic Conference matchup. Rounding out the top 25 tip-off in this week's Bonafide Basketball Podcast in the Gulf South Conference, number 18, University of Alabama Huntsville got the sweep against Delta State Friday and Saturday this week, improving to 6-1 in the Gulf South Conference. Guard Sam Orff was outstanding Saturday afternoon, 27 points and 8 rebounds. Seth Sov added 16 points as the Chargers outlasted the upset bid from Delta State. On Friday night, Max Schulman had 11 points and 9 rebounds, helping UAH to the win. Welcome into the sixth man storylines. Six teams, players, news to know across NCAA Division II men's basketball. A team we've been watching for the past few weeks in the GLIAC, Grand Valley State University, led by preseason All-American Jake Van Tubergen, split this weekend with, with Ashland University in league play. Friday night, GVSU defeated Ashland 65-52 with 22 points from Christian Negron. And the script flipped on Saturday as Ashland defeated GVSU 65-61 behind Brandon Haraway's 23 points and 8 rebounds. One of the storylines was the preseason All-American, Jake Van Tubergen, moving into the 10th position in career rebounds in Grand Valley State basketball history. Important because Van Tubergen is a senior and he's currently averaging six rebounds per game. He has a ways to go to catch Dan Poole, who is number one on that list, especially in such a unique season as 2020-2021. But if he comes back for another season, given the NCAA ruling that grants an extra year of eligibility, Van Tubergen could easily come back, and if he were to play to his double-double pace, he would definitely challenge that top mark of 1,270 rebounds in the storied Grand Valley State University men's basketball history. That is a number to watch and definitely a player to watch to see how he handles next year. Number two, Ferris State gave us double 39s on Saturday. This is a pretty cool statistic. If you follow any college basketball, if you're a basketball fan, this needs to be pointed out. On Saturday afternoon, in Ferris State's women's basketball victory over Wisconsin Parkside, Caden Blanchard scored 39 points and 10 rebounds. She had a double-double against Wisconsin Parkside. Even better, that same day, Walt Kessler from Ferris State had 39 points. On 14-21 from the field, he made six threes in the men's basketball victory over Wisconsin Parkside. 
This podcast celebrates college hoops, and that storyline is truly remarkable. Double 39s, it's worthy of celebration. Congrats to Caden Blanchard and Walt Kessler. Number three, Adam Dorsky from 5'11 guard, Southeast Oklahoma State University in the Great American Conference helped his team get their first win of the season with a double, double, 38 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists against East Central on Monday night. Dorsky made six threes and shot 52% from the field, helping Southeast Oklahoma State get their first win in the Great American Conference. Number four, Jasek Lottie and Flagger. We talked about him briefly. They have now won three in a row after suffering their first Division II setback of the season on January 6th. Standout guard Lottie is averaging 24 points per game, shooting 42% from three and 49% overall this season. He had 30 points on Wednesday night in Flagler's upset win over number 10 in the country, Augusta State. Number five, the fifth thing that you need to know in our sixth man storylines, Bonafide Basketball Podcast guest and head coach of University of Missouri-St. Louis, Bob Sunvold, earned his 250th win this week on Thursday when Umsel defeated Lewis. University of Missouri-St. Louis has now won five in a row to start 2021, including Saturday's 28-point win over the University of Illinois Springfield behind Monty Jackson's double-double with 17 points and 10 rebounds. Congrats to Coach Bob Sunvold on win number 250. The sixth and final thing that you need to know from the world of NCAA Division II men's basketball. On Wednesday, the Division II SIDA national poll was released and retweeted and posted to Instagram if you want to find it. But we saw slight variations in the top 25. At the top, Northwest Missouri State, Lincoln Memorial, West Texas A&M, Washburn, and Colorado School of the Mines rounded out the top five. New appearances in the Division II SIDA include Grand Valley State, Union Tennessee, and a notable exclusion, St. Edwards, currently ranked number 13 in the coaches' poll. So some minor variations, and this poll is definitely worth looking at as we continue to navigate this season. Welcome into the Bonafide Basketball Podcast Film Room, a three-part series breaking down some of the best performances of the week in NCAA Division II men's basketball. And part one is the Bonafide Basketball Game of the Week, featuring number four in the country, West Liberty, and number 21 in the country, Fairmont State, both out of the Mountain East Conference and about an hour and a half away from each other in West Virginia. It is important to point out, West Liberty has a very unique style of play. I had the opportunity to discuss this with Coach Ben Howlett earlier in our podcast episodes. For example, make or miss West Liberty presses, full court, man-to-man, and it starts as soon as a rebound is secured or the ball is taken out. West Liberty will deny the inbound pass. West Liberty will trap the rebounder. And all the way up the floor, they turn the ball handler looking for an opportunity to trap into an equally as strong half-court man-to-man defense which means offensively you have to be okay with quick buckets. Your focus should be on attacking the pressure to get layups, score behind the pressure, balance that with taking good transition, you know, feet set threes. Um, and, And when you get in trouble, you have to be able to run good offense and get a quality possession at your pace. 
So there's a lot to think about and a lot to adjust to when you prepare as a coach because it is so hard to simulate what West Liberty does defensively. And offensively, it's so hard to simulate the pace they play with. They run the floor so hard in transition only to drive it hard, jump stop, pivot, cut hard in the half court. So as I watched this game early on, Fairmont did struggle against the pressure and the pace. One of the hardest things to do against West Liberty and that pressure for 94 feet every possession is to get the right players coming back to the ball at the right time in the right spots. They got to get the ball in the middle and you've got to be able to handle it against the pressure up the floor. Once Fairmont got the ball into the hands of guards Dale Bonner or Isaiah Sanders, Fairmont settled in offensively. They did a good job of absorbing that first trap, advancing the ball up the middle of the floor through one of those guards and attacking to score behind the pressure or attacking for a good spray three-pointer. Feet set, hands and feet ready, catch and shoot. West Liberty did lead 20-14 to 14 after the first 10 minutes, but as Fairmont got comfortable and scored behind the pressure with the layups, and I really liked how Dale Bonner, Cole Vanderhoff, and Isaiah Sanders played downhill against the pressure, uh, I, I really like how they played. It took them about five minutes to get acclimated, but those three guards for Fairmont State are very skilled and very talented. We're going to talk about them a little bit later in, in this series. Um, they combined for 10 assists. You know, they had a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, 10 of each, which against West Lib's pressure is very good. Uh, they're all athletic enough to attack. They're skilled enough to score in the open court. Uh, they make plays for themselves and others. And, and I think Fairmont is still waiting on Zion Dobbs to get acclimated uh, and to, the, to, to get acclimated to Fairmont State, the Mountain East, the pressure. But I do think this four-guard rotation will be very good. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So Fairmont got comfortable after the first 10 minutes with their guard play. But West Liberty gets comfortable too. And they get in their own rhythm offensively, which means a ton of catch-and-shoot threes and a ton of drives, jump stops, relocations for catch-and-shoot threes. West Liberty is attempting 28 threes per game, good for second across Division II men's basketball. They're connecting on 37% of their attempts, making 10 per game. So although Fairmont State got comfortable against the pressure and got layups, West Liberty got comfortable attacking in transition, getting a piece of the paint, driving the ball to force rotations, catch-and-shoot threes. You know, so you're trading a layup, for a quick three at the other end. And West Liberty connected on eight threes in the first half to extend their lead to 45-34. I really like what Fairmont State did in the second half. As they continued to stay aggressive and attack to score behind the zone, they scored quick. They also prioritized getting back quick in transition defense and taking away the three-point line from West Liberty. Fairmont had a nice spurt of their own in the second half. They switched to a 2-3 zone, and the, the zone forced West Liberty into just a delayed decision-making in the half court. Some miscommunications early, some turnovers early. Fairmont's spurt cut the lead to 60-54. It was a six-point game with 10 minutes to go. But from there, it was all West Liberty. Once again, they got comfortable. They outscore Fairmont State 14-4 over the next five minutes, extending the lead to eventually win 96-84. West Liberty played really hard, and even up 16 with four minutes to go, they were continuing to press. They're driving the ball aggressively. Offensively, they make plays from the paint. They're so explosive offensively because of their defense. They can score quick, and they have skilled players that shoot. They can drop quick threes, quick twos with their pressure. 
Dalton Bolton finished with 20 points. He can score inside and out. Pat Robinson is as dynamic a guard as there is in the country uh, for West Liberty. And Will Yoakum is an explosive offensive guard. He's averaging 20 points per game, shooting 50% from three right now. Key takeaways from this game. First, Fairmont State. The second half uh, was totaled 51-50 West Liberty. But Fairmont showed what I think is the formula if you're going to be successful against West Lib and their style of play. you got to have guards that can handle pressure. I feel like the four guards I mentioned earlier, Sanders, Vanderhoff, Bonner, Dobbs, as they continue to improve, you know, this is a weird season. Practices, games are all scheduled differently. As these players continue to improve against pressure, they're going to make better decisions. They're going to be in the right spot. They have the opportunity to challenge and match up with West Liberty better later in the season and if you prioritize transition defense you know sending all five guys back on a dead sprint to find an an area on the three-point line like Fairmont State did with their zone I think Fairmont showed what the recipe might be to beat West Liberty for West Liberty they play unique they complete for West Liberty They play unique, they compete really hard, they can go 12 deep, and they have really good talent deep. But my takeaway, every time I watch them, is how challenging it is to play at their pace, offensively and defensively. Because defensively, it's that pressure for 94 feet every possession. Offensively, it's precision at such a high speed. They execute their system so well, you have to guard, you know, you have to guard really elite players. And then on the flip side, you got to limit your turnovers against elite defenders. Um, long story short, you have to you have to force West Liberty to attempt challenge shots. So you can't turn it over and give them early, easy looks. You you have to be back in transition to stop the ball to get the three point line guarded. You got to force West Liberty to attempt challenge shots. Those are two really good teams to watch in the top twenty five. Let's break down the Bonafide Basketball Podcast Team of the Week in our Film Room series. The Lone Star Conference's Texas A&M Kingsville has won seven games in a row, and their last victory came in overtime against St. Mary's, 80-75. UT Kingsville's averaging 77 points per game with a 9-1 record. Average margin of victory is 14 points per game. Looking at Texas A&M Kingsville, Offensively, they play fast into a nice flow series with point guard and leading scorers Creighton Avery pushing the pace. Avery's averaging 14 points per game, shooting 46% from three. He is smaller for a guard, but he has a jet with the ball. He can score at all three levels. He gets to the rim, he makes free throws, and he can shoot from three. So I really like the pace and I really like the flow that Kingsville plays with behind uh, Creighton Avery. Eventually, they get into a four-round action uh, around forward. Will Chire, a forward who has really good hands, really good feet. He scores over both shoulders. They do a nice job of getting him in some post-up opportunities. They do a good job of getting him in a lot of ball screens. Uh, He scores off the roll. He scores off uh, the post feed. The floor is spread, you know, with, with Avery, including Avery. Kingsville has four guards. They are shooting better than 35% from three. So it gives uh, Shire an opportunity to post uh, without the floor collapsing, without the floor shrinking. And uh, you have to honor the three-point line. 
Kingsville runs good handoff action. They have good pistol action on the wing. Uh, they have guards that drive it both ways, shooters in the corners. I really like the way the ball moves side to side. Guard Jordan Wilson uh, moved into the starting lineup seven games ago. He's averaging 11 points per game. He's versatile. He's shooting 45% from three. He's been a spark. Together, Jordan and Avery in the backcourt, uh, they are the leading scorers. And they're a strong combination for Kingsville, who brings uh, Ellis Jones off the bench. And Ellis Jones can flat out shoot it. They have really good uh, balance, really good schematics offensively. Kingsville can play uh, a a variety of ways with their four-round-one action uh, and four guards. So I really like what they're doing offensively and the pace they play with, the way the ball moves, and and how how advanced they are right now offensively. Defensively, Kingsville's a man-to-man team. According to Synergy, they've only played a handful of zone possessions this year. They're allowing 41% from the field. So very good, very disciplined at both ends of the floor. And a big week coming up for uh, Texas A&M Kingsville. They're going to travel and take on number seven in the country, West Texas A&M, and those two elite guards, Quay Grant and Joel Murray. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast film room breakdown of our team of the week is Texas A&M Kingsville. Breaking down the Bonafide Basketball Podcast's Player of the Week, Anthony Pittman out of the Mountain East Conference and West Virginia State University. He had himself a night. 2020 on Saturday night against Alston Broadus. 24 points, 20 rebounds. Pittman was 9 of 14 from the field. He dominated the glass, 15 defensive rebounds and five offensive rebounds. Watching his clips, Pittman is a really strong player, 15 feet and in. And he shoots it just well enough from the perimeter. You have to guard him at the three-point line. He drives it hard from 15 feet, head down, finishing at the rim. He flies after rebound. You know, Pittman, he, he, Pittman makes tough face-up jab-step jumpers. He makes one dribble step back from 15 feet. He's always around the rim and always around the ball. Plays with reckless abandon. He does a great job of, of, of not only attacking offensively, but impacting the game defensively, he is really fun to watch. He's out in passing lanes, he's rebounding the basketball, and he guards one-on-one. He's got great length and great athleticism to allow him to defend on the perimeter. This week, Anthony Pittman averaged 17 points per game and 16 rebounds per game, leading West Virginia State University to two wins in the Mountain East Conference. In all, Pittman is good for a double-double this year, averaging 16 points per game and 12 rebounds per game. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast Player of the Week from West Virginia State University sophomore Anthony Pittman. If you enjoyed this episode of the Bonafide Basketball Podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast for weekly episodes and interviews. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. If you like this episode, be sure to follow the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for the latest news, scores, insight, and analysis of NCAA Division II men's basketball.